0: A National Poetry Gala is being held next month around the country and there'll be a feast of performances, readings and music to spotlight our poetic voices. The gala has been inspired by a huge event in the US. Ours is in its second year, and it's quite timely, I have to say, as our last guest, the writer and tutor Gabrielle Carey, has recently reflected publicly on the lack of poetry she thinks being taught in schools, in particular to children, especially the business of reciting out loud. Gabrielle co wrote uh, the teen classic Puberty Blues with Kathy Lett, and she's gone on to a considerable writing career. Her most recent is a biblio memoir, Only Happiness Here in Search of Elizabeth Von Arnhem. Gabrielle Carey, welcome to Saturday Extra.
1: Hi, Geraldine.
0: What prompted your article where you had this little lament?
1: Oh, I, you know, I had a, a mentor, in fact, um, in my teens, um, and she is the person to whom Puberty Blues is dedicated. So um, she was a very special person to me, and she used to say that a poem takes 10 minutes or and 10 years to write. So in a sense, it took you know, a few hours to write that article but had been building up for many years. And it started, um, as I say in the article, when um, the wonderful poet and poetry lecturer where I was working in a university um, died suddenly. There was, a, you know, massive um, outpouring of grief from, the, from students um, and his uh, position was not replaced and so, you know, poetry was not seen as something that that needed to be part of a um, of a creative writing degree. And then it was. Um, then there were several other experiences, such as when I was um, invited into my son's primary school um, to help out with creative writing because the teacher just admitted that he just didn't know how to teach poetry and um that was when i realized that children no longer uh, are being read poetry and that they didn't know their nursery rhymes and i know that they didn't know their nursery
0: they didn't know their nursery rhymes didn't they they
1: didn't know their nursery rhymes and that came as a shock to me um and then you know after i've had quite a lot of response to the the article afterwards i thought well Maybe I'm imagining that I, I spent all this time um, reading poetry to my own children and rang my son and he had these vivid memories of a bit. He said, mum, it was a big hardback book and, um, and had lots of poetry in it. And I thought, yep, that's my mother's copy of the Oxford book of nursery rhymes <laughs> <laughs> that she read to me. And... Um, And I said, well, what do do you think that did for you? And he said, it made me realise that that you could do something fun and unique with language. And he has, um, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your view, now turned into a poet. But um, anyway, that's... um that's a, a long answer to your question.
0: No, well, you wrote about the fact that poetry, people may not realise that it was language you can play with. That was the, mm. what intrigued me. And that actually surprising children, the naughty boy you wrote, uh, who usually mm. spent half the day in the timeout chair, um, actually, you know, with one teacher you quoted, actually wrote the best poetry because he was invited to do so
1: Mm, because he was allowed to use his imagination and there weren't rules. So, you know, when you're at school, and I remember it so well, you're always trying to please the teacher and you're always trying to get it right so you could get the stamp, you know, and and there's a whole, there isn't that right and wrong with the use of language um, with poetry when you're teaching it to children. Obviously it, later it, when, it, if you... Yeah, isn't
0: that funny? Because I would have thought it was boundary by rules. You know, you are not speaking to the converted here. <laughs> I'm, you know, I've found poetry, like a lot of people say, said to you, they found it very dis- troubling. I felt like I wasn't obeying rules. So, you know, I was not... Oh, how inv- interesting. I was not yes. invited to um, Rome, shall we say, with poetry. Yes,
1: yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because that's another comment that someone else said to me about their son that they said that he just felt that it was this locked world that he needed a code to get into in a secret society and he didn't know how to do that. Um, And, look, I think it really does come back to who introduces you to poetry in the first place. If you have someone who's passionate and loves it and um, then, look, That experience in my son's school, I I can tell you that that was the best experience. I've I've taught creative writing for 25 years, and that was the best experience I ever had. And the reason why is because I saw the lights go on in these children's eyes. I cannot describe to you this, this kind of dullness turning into these bright lights when they thought, oh, wow, this is what we can do. We can have fun with this, and particularly with the naughty boy, you know. He got hit so at the end of the, the semester, I made a little book so they could all take a printed home, a printed book home with um, a poem of theirs in it. And it was, Look, you know, um, I run into my son's now 26. I run into um the kids that were in that class now, they run into me and say, I still remember when you came into the class. Um, so I think poetry is a gift, but you need to be gifted it by someone who's. Who's, who who already has that feeling about poetry. Yes,
0: well very do you think the teachers, because you did reflect on this, maybe teachers are not confident in teaching it. Is that part of it?
1: Well that's that is what I've heard. I mean I you know I haven't unfortunately done a a, a survey of um, nationwide mm. um, survey of teachers and Oh, wouldn't I love to, but I don't think the Australian research Put it Council out there, someone in, someone nod
0: off you. A small.
1: <laughs> and um grant. but it's certainly anecdotally and you know, I don't this is from people who've been working in high schools for many years and primary schools for many years tell me that um even though it's on the curriculum, it doesn't really have that it doesn't sort of um get the attention that it's supposed to and that I mean, I I can understand. I mean, I'm sure you can understand how difficult it is to, if you if you're not. You haven't got a feel for it it's, can I just so,
0: say, can I just say to you we've had a couple of texts one saying that it, they've just spent two months in England and everywhere you go you see how much the English enjoy playing with language the fun in shop names village names etc mind you we have also our doggerel which is brilliant and um Vats is saying that uh, children attending an afternoon Greek school were expected to learn a poem to recite on at least two occasions each year that's really what you're on about, isn't it
1: well, look, that's part of what I'm on about. Um, I think certainly learning um, by heart, and I, when I was writing that ar- article, um, I did it in such a hurry, and the next morning I thought, I should have made that point that the phrase learning by heart gives you a clue about what that means, and it means that you're not just learning intellectually. It's an embodied knowledge. So if you learn it by heart, it's in your heart and it stays with you forever. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I'm look, ideally in, in in my ideal world, you know, children would <laughs> fall in love with poetry. They would fall in love with a particular poem and they would okay. choose that one and say, yes, that that's the one I want to learn by heart.
0: Okay. Um, now, I'm looking at the clock again, and we have to go, but I, I just know we'll get an enormous feedback to this. Thank you very much indeed, Gabriel Great. Carey. All right,
1: then. Great to talk to you, Ga- Geraldine.
0: Gabrielle Carey, and uh, she was interviewed by Caroline Barman, her Live Sentences podcast, which you might like. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.